Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for another episode of Detention Live. Joining me as always is my co-host, um, I say Tom. Chris, Chris, say hello to everybody. <laughs> hello, everyone. And Tom. And Tom. So uh, we're flying, I keep saying solo, but there's two of us. I guess we're flying duo tonight. Yeah. Uh, we weren't able to wrangle up a guest to join us. But we're going to carry on. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. The show will look a little bit different. We're probably not going to do a typical used books. We're just going to talk about some things that have been going on gaming related in our lives. And, you know, we'll talk for a little while. But we, other than that, it should be a normal detention with all the normal stuff that we have going on. Uh, so if you're checking out the show, please, you know, say hi. Let us know that you're here. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get things started. So, Chris, uh, we'll start with extracurricular. What you been up with, buddy? Uh, I've been pretty busy. Um, about the only thing I've done that's been, well, a lot of things have been fun, but the first one that jumps out is I finished, uh, the last, well, the newest season of the boys. Mm. I, I really liked it. Yes, it was it, very good. It uh, went to a few times in a direction I wasn't expecting. Uh, a few times went in a direction that I can't ever unsee. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. If you... Yeah, it's it was wild. Um, the the black noir stuff, I'm not sure that worked for me, only because it's it seemed like and I will, I'll try to talk in somewhat of you know vague vague terms, but it felt like they were setting up something, and I'm fine with us not getting what we thought we would get, but what we did get felt like just a pull the rug out from under you situation. To me, it felt like. Uh, we don't know what to do with the character, so mm. let's just do some filler fluff almost. Like I, It almost was like, here's a character that we've already set up as kind of a murder psychopath. Let's now make him almost tragic. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it that was, part didn't work. Yeah, I mean, it was tragic and and weird, which this show does that. So that's, that's fine. But yeah, that, that was like mm-hmm. the only thing that really, and it didn't like ruin it by any stretch. I still really liked the whole series. Oh, I yeah. thought the finale was great, but that was the one part that just didn't work for, well for me. But otherwise I loved this entire season. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, right now I'm super busy with scout activities. Uh, I've got two kids that for this weekend, I should say kids, two scouts that have already earned their Eagle Scout, so I get to now host their Court of Honors, which is, for those that don't know, uh, it's basically the day where we kind of get together and we celebrate everything that particular Scout did. We talk about it. Um, you know, we present them with their Eagle Scout pin, their little certificate, and then I always make something a little uh, unique to that particular Scout. So for me, I do a lot of little word working with some wood burning, and I tie it in with them. So Real busy with that because well, I don't do a ton of woodworking, yeah. So I don't have a ton of tools, so it's a lot of kind of improvising and try to figure out some stuff. But that, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, fun thing with scouting last week, my son got his application accepted, he turned everything in. Uh, the guy sent him an invitation for his board of review, which is the last thing they have to do on September 20th. So I had to email him back. Well, I apologize. He'll be nine hours away at college. So on a Tuesday, he can't just turn around and come down here and then drive back. Right. Like, yeah. It doesn't work. So he said, oh, okay, well, let me see if there's somebody else in town that can do it quicker. So Tuesday morning, I get an email saying, hey, can we do it Thursday? 
PS, you have to find the location and the adults to be on it. So by Tuesday at noon, I had gotten the location secured and four adults that would sit on it. I was like, perfect. We're going to do this on Tuesday. So my son can finally get his done. That's nice. It's a relief for him. I mean, he's put a lot of time and effort into scouts and this would be nice for him to just kind of finish it. Um, Other than that, work's been super busy. We're expanding. I'm hiring more staff. We get to train a bunch of new staff, get to help develop some new teams, which is kind of neat for me. I get to sit with the regional VP a little bit, kind of. Nice. I I don't want to say, I I can actually throw out some of my ideas Mm -hmm. to somebody who can actually make them happen versus just talking to other people and I'm going, oh, that's a great idea. Right. And nothing happening. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Other than that, just trying to watch a little TV. I did. I mean, obviously I finished Obi-Wan. I think we talked about it last time. Uh, One of the greatest little star Wars things they've done in a long time. And yes, I can, everybody can nitpick the little things, but I can fire back as to why you're, I'll say you're wrong, but my opinion is different. Right. So, but what have you been up to? So much. Uh, so quickly, uh, Remy and Tom are also here with us. So thank you Hello. for hanging out. Really appreciate having you here. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff and I've, I've actually been doing a lot of gaming stuff. So I want to hold that because that's going to kind of be our used book section. Um, as I mentioned, I've redesigned my podcast studio again. Um, I, I've moved rooms multiple times, but I've been in the room that I'm in now for quite a while. But for the longest time, I had my computer facing one of the exterior walls and then my game room was basically behind me and it worked fine. I didn't really have any big issues with it other than when the kids were home and doing things, the sound, it would just, it just went down that hallway and Mm -hmm. all I had was like, you know, closet doors for like, you know, the doors in between. I just, too much sound was coming through and it was aggravating me. And I, as always went way overboard. So I moved my podcast studio into the closet for my birthday, I ordered a whole bunch of sound panels off Amazon and I used spray adhesive. So those SOBs are not coming off. Yep. And I plastered them all over the walls, some on the ceiling. I completely covered the door and then I put a, a little like, I basically built just like a little desk thingy and I attached it to the door. So like my computer is currently on my closet door. So if I got open the closet door, you can see how that opens up. And then I, I just come in the closet, sit down. I've closed the door and put my mic in front of me and now I'm ready to podcast. So um, I got lights all around me. There's just like one little table for my stuff, one little table to roll dice if I'm playing a game. It's like usable space is terrible, but sound wise, I think I've never sound better. So if you disagree, don't say anything because I I did all this. I want to think there was a point to it. (laughs) It could be fun when you go to sell the house. Just don't tell people what went on in there and let them guess. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So again, I've been doing a lot of gaming stuff, but a lot of TV stuff too. I went and saw Thor, Thor, um, Love and Thunder. It seems to be divisive. Like people are either love it or really? hate it. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok, but Ragnarok is one of my all-time favorite Marvel movies. So that's not that's not a bad thing to say it's not as good as Ragnarok because that's like the upper echelon for me. But it's very enjoyable. It's a fun time. It's two hours long, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. And if anything, I think that's the problem. I think it should have been longer. I think they probably cut off some stuff and made some things that it kind of went so fast. You're like, there should have been some development to that. I think that was part of the edit, but it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Finished Miss Marvel today. Loved it. I, I've been a fan of that show from the beginning. I wanted to wait to see if it stuck the landing. 
you know, if it held throughout to me, it did. I really enjoyed that show as well. I had a lot of fun. Nice. I can't wait to see more from, from that really from the whole family. Cause that's the thing about that show. I like so much is it's not the super heroics. I love it's the family dynamic and the friends dynamic. I would watch that mm -hmm. show even without the superpower stuff, but you know, that's just like a bonus for me. Okay. I uh, started watching the bear on Hulu. That is an intense watch. Are you familiar with that at all? No. So know. the name's terrible. I don't quite get it, but it's essentially about um, someone who they, they came from like a rough neighborhood. I think it's in Chicago and the family owned like a little restaurant, but they went into like culinary school and became very, you know, very good at that. They got like a really high end job and then a tragedy happens and they now own the family restaurant. And so they're back there trying to make sense of this restaurant that's been mismanaged for a very long time. It's, you know, they don't have any money. They're losing their vendors. Uh, one last episode, I, I watched slight spoilers, find out that the previous owner was borrowing money from like a bookie. Uh, so not only is he trying to get the restaurant back and running and uh, profitable, but he owes like a gangster, like a whole bunch of money he didn't know about. So, but it's just like this weirdly intense show the way it's filmed is claustrophobic. Everything's really tight. You're in this small kitchen in this little small like mom and pop sandwich shop. And there's all these interesting characters. They don't all seem to really like each other. None of them like this guy. They all think he's just like this sort of, you know, he left home. He's better than he should be. He's got airs, whatever. But it is like, it's almost hard to watch. It makes you feel anxious, but it's very compelling. So I'm definitely liking mm -hmm. that one a whole lot. Uh, Only Murders in the Building. That was one of my favorite shows last year. I absolutely loved it. It's back. The first two episodes weren't great, but the episode three was right back in the, the show I like. So I'm, I'm very much into that. Um, and then I just started watching last night, Evil. One of the podcasts I listened mentioned that one is on Paramount+. Plus. It's basically like the X-Files, sort of. You got a believer and a non-believer, but this is like supernatural. The Christian church or the Catholic church has hired these people to go see if is this actually evil or is this like just someone mm -hmm. doing bad things? Like, is it a demonic possession causing this person to act this way? Or are they just, you know, uh, mentally unwell or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm only like one episode in, so I'm sure there's a lot, lot to come, but that was fun. Uh, so I'm definitely going to keep going. Uh, yes, we mentioned that at the very top. Um, Chris and I both finished the boys loved it. I wasn't a huge fan of the noir part of the finale, but otherwise I absolutely loved uh, the entire season top to bottom. I thought it was great. Um, and then what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, God, Tom, I was going to really say it. Oh, and then it's gone. It was another show that uh, I just wrapped up. It's gone. It'll it'll come back to yeah. me. But, yeah, yeah, watching way too much TV. I should probably take a break. But, uh, you know, what else are you going to do, right? I'm in the opposite boat. I'm so busy right now. I'm struggling just to watch. I mean, I haven't even finished Miss Marvel. Hmm. I'm struggling to get through that. But, I mean, I'll get there. I might yeah, have some so time Saturday. Sunday. Yeah, well, the wife and I, we at least once a week carve out us time, which is usually, I mean, sounds old and you know, like old people, but we like to just chill out on the couch, hold hands and just watch TV or might go for a little walk or, you know, just something simple like that. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're newlyweds, 20 years of marriage, that's my secret. And I shut up a lot. I think that's my other secret. You're in a couple years of marriage too. Oh yeah. Though we, interesting. We actually had a little bit of a fight today. My wife can't cook and she knows this, this is not, this is not <laughs> me saying anything out of school. She, she just 
never learned to cook. She doesn't really care. I now do like 90% of the cooking in the house. And so we have a, we have a stove. I'm sure like 90% of the people in the world have stoves, right? Ours is electric. And it has those things where you have like multiple sizes of burner. So you turn it, you know, there's like three yeah. sections on the dial. One's for all the burners. One's for two of the burner. And one is for one of the burners, right? So she's frying an egg. She's having like an egg on toast for, for lunch. And she has a very small skillet to cook the egg in. But she turns on the whole burner. So like <laughs> half of the handle has heat on it because think. like the size of the heat is this, but the size of the egg pan is yeah. there. And so I turn it to the correct dial and she looks at me like I just slapped her and she's like, don't change my dials. I wanted all the burners on. I'm like, but you don't need all those burners on because the skillet and like we had like a five minute fight over why I would change that. And I'm like, I'm just trying to help you. You're going to burn your hand because the handle's going to heat up for no mm. reason. And I'm just like, all right, fine. Do what you want. And then I left. And that was like our most recent fight. And that, that's what we fight about stupid stuff like that. I think the, best argument my wife and i had we were fairly newlyweds she had a cut i said pour some peroxide on it she said no peroxide burns i'm like no it doesn't hour later we're still arguing about does peroxide burn or not so that that might have been our i almost claimed the the, the yeah silliest I, yeah. argument yeah i will say that in general i think our marriage is as healthy as it's ever been we get along so well most of the time but every now and then you know, you can't be that close to each other and not have some, mm -hmm. you know, disagreements that pop up around them. At least once a year, you have to, not have to, but you end up arguing about something or, yeah. I, I hate the way you put your socks on the end of the bed every night. It's like, I've been doing it for 20 years. I know I've hated it for 20 years. Yeah, finally saying something. Yeah. Uh, Targer says that uh, he has to go behind and make sure the husband uh, does the dishwasher correctly so he'll actually clean things. So. Yeah, I'm sure, very similar to that, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So we're, I'm going to save the gaming stuff for the next section, but we're going to move into our first uh, improv game tonight, and that is 10 Things. Uh, so if you're new here, because it looks like we have several people watching, including those that are chatting, so thank you so much. Uh, 10 Things is an improv game where we're going to take turns prompting one another to come up with a list of 10 things that fit the prompt. The idea of the game is immediacy is better than accuracy, so a list that comes out quickly is much better than a list that actually makes sense. Uh, so I guess technically you're the guest tonight, Chris, so would you like to go first in receiving the prompt or giving me the prompt? Uh, I'll give you the prompt. All right, um, lay it on me. Uh, I, I liked your conversation about the bears. So uh, give me 10 things you would find in your small kitchen. I should say your tiny kitchen. Um, melted uh, skillet handles because they've been overly heated. One. Dull knives. Two. Four knife sharpeners because I keep losing them because I buy them because I need to sharpen my knives. Three. Scissors. Four. Uh, crayons. Five. Uh, a recipe book. Six. Uh, some graffiti on the wall. Seven. Butter. Lots of butter. Eight, for sure. Um, a dirty dish rag. Nine. And a chef hat. Ten. Yay. Yay. That was, in fact, a list of ten things. All righty. So, um, all right. Chris, give me ten things that you and your wife have fought about. Silly things that you and your wife have thought, fought about. Oh, uh, Civilization Two, and why I took the upgrade before I let her get it. One. Uh, peroxide burning or not. Two. Um, oh, God. We fought about what color a skillet should be after it's cleaned. Three. Don't know why on that one. Uh, 
choose where to put them in the living room. Four. What side of the bed I should be sleeping on. Five. Lost that one. Sort of. Uh, let's see. What else do we... Oh, uh, how to properly hold a remote or a video game controller. Six. So that was a fun one. Um, man, we don't really fight about much. Oh, how to properly shift an auto, uh, manual transmission in a car. Seven. Had that one. Uh, what color her hair should be. Eight. I don't know why I started that one. Um, what I should wear to one of her cousin's weddings. Nine. I thought flip-flops were appropriate for that type of wedding. Uh, and uh, let's see what kind of food we wanted to eat one night. And that was, in fact, a list yeah. of 10 things. So the bed thing is funny. We've actually switched multiple times over our marriage. And I'm currently, if you're looking at the bed, I'm on the right side. And I, I have asked to switch to go to the other side. And she has just said no. But I have been on the left side before. Multiple times. Like we've switched back and forth three or three times since we've been married. But I guess she's just settled now. She likes that side. She's not going to give it up. So, Yeah, I can't remember why we started that one. I think it was because I've always slept on my right side yeah yeah and she's like well if you're on the right side of the bed then you're always facing me i'm like yeah but then you're breathing in my face and i'm breathing in your face and that will keep me awake she's like oh but then we could stay like yeah that's i was trying to think of how can i logically sleep good yeah so so for me again because i have the cochlear implant so i'm basically left or basically deaf in my left ear i have like you know like two percent hearing or something so if I sleep on my right side, my, my right ear is against the pillow. It's like I'm in a cave. Like I can't mm -hmm. hear hardly anything. And it does drive her a while sometimes. Like she'll try to wake me up. You know, I, we've literally had fire alarms going off, like smoke detectors. <laughs> I sleep right through it. But I want to switch to the other side. The same way I have to face away. Like I wouldn't be able to face towards because that breathing is just freaks me out. But that's probably more yeah. information than anybody wants to know. So we're going to move into the used books. <laughs> Normally what we do here is we talk about a particular campaign that one of us has played in or ran and we try to mine it for lessons learned, things that went really well, things we tried and was a success. And we've taken that to other games, maybe something that failed miserably. You're like, okay, need to not do that again. So today's going to be a little bit different because we don't have a guest. They're usually the ones that would bring that to the table. But I've had several gamings that have been happening here recently. And I just want to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, maybe you have some questions. If you have some gaming, I'd right. love to hear it as well. Uh, but I want to start with probably the thing that excites me the most is I got to play in a game that my kid ran for me. Oh, um, so I've nice. got two boys, currently 12 and 11. They're like a year and a half apart. So they like go from one year apart to two years based on birthdays and stuff like that. So my oldest is 12. And we've been playing role-playing games since they were, I think, four and five, five and six. Started with No Thank You Evil, which I still think is a great starter RPG. Mm -hmm. I have outgrown it. I John still wants to play that one a lot. And I, I keep trying to get him not to because I just don't really enjoy it that yeah. much anymore. So we've been playing 5e and we don't play a lot, but we have played off and on. And then there was an RPG club um, in the town that we're in that was set up through the school, but it wasn't a school program, whatever. And they played Pathfinder there. And both uh, John and Jacob went to that for about a year, like every other Wednesday. You know, they miss a few because of this, but they've probably played, you know, 20, 30 times. They okay. loved it. They had so much fun. I didn't play that. I would just go into chaperone because there's like, sometimes there'd be 10 kids there and sometimes I'd be three. And I just didn't figure they needed to, you know, mm -hmm. have me in there dealing with it. it. Just seems like, you know, too much, whatever. So he's more comfortable with, with Pathfinder. And he's been asking about trying to run a game, maybe for his friends. I'm like, well, why don't you run a game for me? And I can help you learn to be a DM 
And he's like, okay, but I want to run Pathfinder, which I'll be honest, broke my heart a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So we, I bought the Pathfinder second edition beginner's box that comes with a starter adventure. So yes, you probably will see it on the, the sample adventure soon. And he ran, there's basically, there's like, it's just a dungeon crawl, very straightforward. Mm -hmm. There's rats in the basement, go kill them. Oh, look, there's something else in the basement. Let's keep going. And it, it comes with a double-sided map. And we went through the first side of the map. He, he didn't want to do any more than that. He was afraid he wouldn't be able to remember everything. And so we're going to play again in the future. And he's going to, we're going to flip the map over. So I got to play, his younger brother, Jacob, got to play. And I even got the wife roped in because this was my birthday present. I was like, for my birthday, I want you to run a game. And I want the whole family to play. And it was wonderful. I had so much fun. It wasn't a great adventure. He didn't run it very well. Doesn't matter. I had a ton of fun. Good. We should get him to run it on the show for us. Mm, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, he gets a little, maybe he gets a little older. Uh, he definitely does some things that I did when I was 12 and you know, mm -hmm. running games, but I wouldn't want those to be captured forever on the internet. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was fun. You know, he got into some of the silly stuff uh, that you normally do. Again, it was very straightforward. The creatures had no personality. They were just numbers. The way they attacked was just random. Like he didn't even like try to like, okay, you know, you attack me. So I just attack you back. It's just like everything gets attacked the same equal amount of time. Um, there was one room that had traps in it. And I'm pretty sure he just said we hit the traps. They were supposed to be, he had, was supposed to make two places on the map before we went in there. And then if we hit those squares, but we kept hitting traps. So I feel like he was just like wanting the traps to go off, which yeah. is fine. I do stuff like that too. Right. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, it was just, it was great getting to play with the whole family and actually getting to play with my other son, which was great. So I, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that one. I'm just, I'm just ecstatic. It was so much fun and hopefully we're going to play again. He's going to finish the adventure. Then uh, hopefully he's going to maybe make up his own and, and we can keep playing. I think that'd be great. It'd be fun. I would say uh, expect the unexpected or expect the silly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they, you know, they watched a couple of videos. So I think that he had, you know, he's like watched some Pathfinder videos, that kind of thing. So have you ever role played with Quentin? Oh, a lot. I, gosh, he started, he had to have been four, five, six, somewhere in there. It's when fourth edition came out and they were doing all the, I think it was Adventure League at that time. Maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't Adventure League. So, well, basically I got asked to go to a game store and help run the games. So I was like, well, I got to bring my kid. So we would go there and we'd run their little pre-made adventures. And the first time we played, he was just like a dwarven fighter with the big ax. He had no idea what was going on. We get in the first combat. They're like, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you're the fighter. Go hit him with your ax. And the first role he ever rolled in, in role-playing was a natural 20 everybody at the table is like yay oh my gosh and he had no idea what was going on he just jumped up out of his chair and did this little dance and was like what does that mean like, you get to do a bunch of damage and he rolled his dice and the gm was good uh, it was kaylee and, and she he killed the creature you know on his first mm -hmm. hit which you know looking back i'm sure she just fudged the numbers and went cool sure. let you know and, and he loved it ever since then um it was also good for him at that time because he was learning math. So he mm -hmm. had to do the math for everybody's dice. So somebody would roll and they go, I got a plus three. He'd go, oh, 14. Okay, you got a 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit. Now roll your next die. So he had a lot of fun with that. Um, he's played a bunch with us. At one time, he and I were trying to take the 
dungeon world rules because he wanted to run Pokemon using mm. dungeon world. So he was trying to reskin all of the classes to fit like Bulbasaur or Charmander. And it, we found out it was very quickly a lot more difficult than we thought. Oh yeah. And he went, Oh, this is too hard and got distracted with something else. So, but yeah, he's done a lot of role playing with us and me. And I mean, the wife has done some, it's not, we played at the, like the backwater retreats a couple of times and, you know, he's played board games with us, but I don't think we've ever role played together or your wife either. But I mean, I assume they probably did with you because, you know, you're into it, but it just yeah. never come up when we were together. Yeah. He really likes the, he, he, for a long time, really liked the really silly games. Mm. Like let me play a kobold and your character is an orc. And our main attack is you throw my kobold while I hold the dagger and I'm like a living javelin. Like, yeah, that was his idea of fun. I, okay, sure. All right. Come on, my know. chair. There we go. Okay. You know, I, I enjoyed playing those games. Um, Melissa likes to play. She just, we played a lot of fourth edition when she was trying to learn. And she just didn't really want to learn all the complex rules. She's like, can you just tell me what I can do? I'm like, sure, you're a bard here. You have 15 options. Choose one of these. Yeah. She'd be like, well, how about I just have two options? I'm like, okay. So, Yeah. Um, when I played with Val, even like when we were in college and dating and she would play with us occasionally, she was always like, I want to be the fighter. I want to roll one die to hit things. I don't want to role play. I don't want to act in character. Just when we're in combat, I will attack things. And that's pretty much what she did when we played the Pathfinder game. She played the fighter. I was the wizard, of course. Jakey played the rogue. And she just, she was just there to hit things. And like, again, I, it was a wonderful experience, but I kind of wish she would have got a little more into it, especially because John was running. Like I would, I would have thought even she, you know, would want to help encourage him, but she was very much just, I'm here to roll a die and hit things on my turn. Yeah. Melissa gets into the the role playing um, for her because she didn't like grow up role playing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. For her, it's a little bit of a comfort zone. Like who's at the table? Yeah. Are you, are they going to like a better term, judge me for saying something wrong so if the right table she'll just get right into it and not care and have fun with it so we haven't done that in a while just because we haven't had time to sit down and really do much right yeah again life busy Mm -hmm. um so uh tom said he's listening but he's actually playing around with alchemy which is a new uh virtual tabletop i think we may have an interview coming out about it soon i don't know i think he's talked to some people um, and then Remy's also preparing for a Savage Worlds one shot. So he's looking for pictures to use for that. So they're here, but they may not be as chatty as they normally are. But again, nice. appreciate you hanging out in whatever capacity. So one of the other things, sorry, my dog bark. Uh, so probably <laughs> the wife is home. That's still coming through the, uh, the sound very, editing. Very quietly. Yeah. So, um, so I mentioned a while back that I got to play with my three childhood best friends, the people that I started playing with when I was 12, uh, you know, Brandon, Bill and Joe, those, if you listen to the podcast forever, you've, you've heard those names before. So we went on a little, just like a weekend camping trip, getaway thing. And we ended up playing D and D, which was a complete surprise to me. I didn't expect them to want to play, but they did. So we did. And it was absolutely wonderful. And then, you know, I talked to Tom about it on a faculty meeting and he's like, well, but the true thing is, do they want to play again? And it's like, I, I don't know as of yet. You know, nothing's been said. And then the next day in our text chain, there was some, we, we should do this regularly. Why don't we make it like a once a month game? And so now I'm going to be running a once a month game for 
my three childhood best friends. Uh, I got them characters rolled up. We're going to continue the adventure I ran as a one shot, which does not have a part two. So I got to figure out what the hell is going to happen <laughs> next. Cause it, it was designed to live, to leave not on a cliffhanger, but on a very ready to be continued. And then, you know, the, the next person is supposed to take over and like run right. your own game type of a thing. Uh, but it's going to basically end up being sort of a version of made men. The very first actual play that we ever mm-hmm. did. Cause my friends are, you know, they are who they are. I know who they are. They're much more comfortable with morally gray characters than right. they are heroes. Like they're not the, we're going to save everybody because it's the right thing to do. They're much more of a what's in it for me type of player. So making them sort of like low level, um, you know, criminals to start with, I think will be a good way to get them into the game. And I, I have a lot of material I can work with because I'll just take elements from that game and it'll be different. Probably won't be time travel on this one. Probably will be a magic dagger though. So, cause you know, I got to have at least that every time. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. But I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, the, the 23rd is our first game. So it's coming up weekend after this one, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I have no idea if we'll play after that. I have no idea if we'll play that time. It wouldn't surprise me if we end up like canceling the day of or something, cause something comes up. But right now I'm still very hope- hopeful that it's going to get to happen. So I guess I'll turn it over to you. Have you had that type of experience? Do you have anybody like you played with when you were younger and you've got a chance to play with again, any types of experiences like that? I have one of my friends I went to college with for almost two years. I mean, we gamed a lot. Um, I mean, we were roommates, so we would game a lot. And he moved away, went into the military. We lost touch for probably almost 20 years. I think four or five years ago, we, you know, found each other, so to speak, on the internet. And uh, it was me myself running a Dungeon World game for him, his kid, and Quentin. And we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it was definitely a unique game because they took it in a totally different direction than I thought they would right off the bat. And gold was no longer important in the world. It had to do with collecting trinkets and uh, knickknacks. Those were more important than gold. Mm-hmm. So they were more valuable. I mean, they basically just changed a lot of the economy in the world. So that, that was fun. It's, it's funny that you say that, to, sorry to interrupt you, but that happened very quickly in one of the games I was playing with my kids. They just made up this thing. I can't remember what they called them now. It was like flapper jacks or something. And that's what they wanted to collect. They were like, they just made them up. They didn't exist before, but they're like, mm-hmm. I don't care about gold. Does this person have any knacker jacks or whatever that, you know, they came up with. <laughs> it's just so weird that you had some of the similar thing that they created their own currency and was more important than gold to them. It's a kid thing. Maybe I don't understand. I'm too old. I just went with it. Uh, the one character collected yeah. salt, basically salt and pepper shakers. That was <laughs> why he was questing was because he's, he has to complete his collection and he hasn't found anything else in town. So now he has to go out in the world to find him. And he was a giant fighter who wore a giant purple outfit with a long purple tail. So it was, he was basically Barney looking for salt and pepper yeah. shakers. So I, I rolled with it. Yeah. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, that game fell apart because just life got in the way again, but it, it was fun to reconnect with somebody and I've actually had a couple other friends that I went to college with that have recently, I mean, we've, we've kept in touch. It's just, they have kids. I have kids. We've never gotten our schedules to match. And we've recently talked about getting together again. Um, I joked and said, we're getting the old dogs together to brush off the old books and see what we can do. This has been years ago now, but, uh, 
I wanted to play like a first edition game again, just to, just to see. So, you know, I got, it wasn't the people I played with. It wasn't Brandon, Bill and Joe, but it was the people I was playing with when we played like third edition 3.5. And we had like a gaming weekend at my house. This was pre a catacon and everyone came down and I ran a, a one E game as close to the rules as written as I could manage. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. It was not fun. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. We have advanced. I'm sorry. The game is better now than at least my ability to run it well, I will say, is I can run 5e a lot better than I could run 1e. So the nostalgia factor died very quickly in that game. And I'm like, yeah, this is just miserable. So, you know, sometimes progress is progress. I did that once a long, let's just say a long time ago, at least 10 years ago. Um, it's when, well, more than that. When third edition was really popular, so it was actually 3.5. And some friends they never played anything other than third edition and 3.5 i was like here let me brush off my old first and second edition books and made characters with them and they were like that's it i don't pick feats or anything like that i'm like nope you get one proficiency and one non-weapon proficiency and here's a thaco chart because you're not going to understand what this means and mm-hmm. we played one game and they went i'm too confused i'm like just keep rolling the die and i'll tell you if you hit yeah Uh, weapon speed and then the old version of initiative where you had to declare what you were going to do beforehand and then your your action could become invalid if someone else did something or if you killed the orc but it's orc orc still gets to go on its turn because everything's technically happening simultaneously it just it it added a level of complexity that for me as a dm didn't enjoy and the players they they weren't into it either you know again i can see that some people might enjoy that the you know if i make a bad tactical decision it can affect the battle, but that's not what I enjoy doing. So again, I probably wasn't running a fun version of that for them, but they yeah. certainly were not having fun either. Yeah, it's funny how much the rules have changed. Think yeah, about, some of us think they've improved. Um, think about weapon but, speed, casting time. I mean, you yeah. could interrupt spells in first, second edition. I'm, oh yeah, you, that's, you have to say before the round started, like I'm going to cast magic missile. If you get hit with a weapon before it's your turn, mm-hmm. there's a chance that your spell doesn't go off because you got, in, you know, I don't know. I think it's like a saving throw based on the damage or something. Yeah, um, I don't remember either. Yeah. But somewhat related to that is sort of the reason why me and Joe were talking about role-playing before is his son is really excited about playing. His son's nine years old. And I don't know how he's heard about it, but he has. And so Joe's been like texting me, emailing me like, hey, wants to play this. You know, I don't know anything about it. Can you help? And I was like, of course, I'd, you know, I'd love to do that. So I've been trying to like help him out. Uh, we went to that local gaming convention in, in Lexington and we all got to play a Pathfinder game. Me and Joe and his kid and my kids got to play together a while back. So what started all that is I was going to run Dragonspine, which is that adventure I I, I wrote mm-hmm. to help people learn how to play 5e and i was going to run it for joe and his his son with the idea of being that as the game is designed at the end joe would then take over and run you know a game for um for his son anyway mm-hmm. and so we we set up a game where we were going to do that and then his son's friends kind of got invited and then joe's friend kind of got invited so anyways i ended up running a game for seven people the other day at, at joe's house uh, again, the goal is that they will then start running after, but we ended it on the, you know, the dragon spine. Everyone had a great time, but I've not ran for seven people in so many years yeah, that tough. it wasn't the best game. And I kept trying to tell them like, normally I wouldn't run for this many people. It's a lot slower. I'm not doing a lot of role play because we got kids who they just want to hit things. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, try, I kept trying to tell the parents how it's a little bit different. Um, but again, I run theater to the mind now. 
And both Joe and the other parent were like, we would have preferred maps and minis. Like it just would have been easier for us to conceptualize and it would have been fun to move them around. Like, great, absolutely support you doing that. I don't do that though. So, you know, go with the odd type of a thing. So I think think they're going to keep doing it, but I think it's going to be more of a minis game for them. I think kids like the maps and minis too, at least miniatures, so they can kind of move Mm -hmm. them around. Uh, That's one thing I found at least when I've run for kids, at least gives them something to focus on mm-hmm. so they can visualize the combat a little better. I don't necessarily draw a map, but I might put out some, I don't use miniatures. I just use dice and go, here's what your character, you know, your die to represent your character. What do you do? And have them kind of move it around a little bit. When I first started playing with uh, Jacob and, and John, I have these, um, I think they're arc Knight. They're like the plastic flat mm-hmm. 2d image things. Yep. And I would use them just to show like you're fighting a rat and I would put it up there so they could see what the rat looks like. And um, they did enjoy that, but I've, I've never played maps and minis with them. Now, up at that game, I had the monster cards. I bought those. I think Gale Force put them out. I bought them a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So when they fought something, I would show up the card and say, this is what you're fighting. So they did get to see that, but there was no like a dice represents you moving, moving around. But honestly, with seven people, I wouldn't want it to do that either because it would just been way too... Yeah, way too much, and and part of the problem, and again, this was me. So this will be a lesson learned. Is I've never run that adventure for seven people before, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I've got to obviously up the monsters, or it's going to be too easy. So the very first battle, I had way too many goblins. It's the first encounter is a goblin oh, encounter because it's just to teach them how to fight. Like you roll initiative, goblins are usually dead in two turns, but everybody gets to roll at least one attack, and I explain how you roll attack and what the numbers mean and how you roll damage. So I'm like, I, I guess there's like 15 of these goblins instead of the five there normally is. And I think that overwhelmed them. And, and the way I did it is every, so there were seven characters that said one goblin runs up and each one of you has one goblin in front of you who's fighting you with the sword. The other seven goblins are 20 feet away and they're shooting crossbows. So every character had one goblin melee and one goblin right. ranged. You know, again, was it the most dynamic fight? No, but it was easy for me to keep up with what was going on. But I think that just, you know, several of them were just like, I don't understand what's happening. So that was clearly a mistake. So the second fight, which is normally a mixture of goblins and an orc, I just made it into an ogre and it had a crap ton of hit points. So I had one bad guy and they all got to hit it. And that second battle went a lot better. So with seven people trying to up the combat, I just adding a whole lot of enemies did not work very well. You know, maybe maps and minis, it could have worked, but I didn't do that. But so adding just one big enemy and something I've done before is I gave them, basically the, the ogre had a reaction. Anyone who hit it in melee, it got a free bonus attack back at you. So the action comedy wasn't so far off. And then they, they actually got to figure that out. And they're like, hey, if we attack it with ranged, it doesn't attack us. So they got a little bit of the strategy of how the battle could be swayed by their tactics. It was great. The second battle, very good. First battle, very bad. Yeah, I could see where that would definitely make things a little more difficult for newer people to try very to much so. pay attention to multiple things. And it would be easier for you to just, yeah, make it one big baddie. Yeah, it, that was so much, so much easier for me. Yeah, that's where, I mean, I've run, I've run Star Wars with 10 people before. That's a lot, a little easier with Star Wars because the ranges are all, very subjective. You're either engaged or several meters away is short range, dozens of meters is medium range. So it's a lot easier just to describe and go, oh, I'm in medium range. Cool. I want to move up closer. Cool. You're now in short range. Shoot. Mm-hmm. 
but you, you don't have to count spaces or anything like that or worry about exact 30 feet or anything like that. Yeah. But again, it was still fun. Everyone had a good time. Um, I basically said, you know, I, I'm a consultant at this point. If you want to run a game, I will absolutely help you. I gave them a copy of the Essentials Kit. I get, I, all the players, I gave a set of dice. I bought dice for everybody based on their favorite color. I made characters based off of what they wanted. So I've tried to set them up for success as best I can. And I'm like, you know, if you have any questions, I will absolutely help you. But I, I can't run the game. I can't drive up here, you know, every week or whatever, but I really hope right. that they keep going. I, I would love to hear in a few weeks that they're, you know, they got their second session set up and, and how that goes for them. And um, yeah, again, it's, it just would be lovely to find that my friend is playing with his son as well as me getting to play with, with him on these weekends because the weekends where he's not bringing his kid down and my kids aren't playing, it's just us adults. So uh, it's a little bit kind of a weird mixture of the two, but looking forward to it. Nice. Uh, and then really the only other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about um, is Action 12 Cinema. Uh, we mm -hmm. have picked a font. So we are getting ready to move into layout. Um, Tracy said he should have the first, or excuse me, uh, they said they should have the first draft uh, of the, the layout done by the end of the month. And then there's really only a couple little technical things left, and then it'll be turned over to me. And then I'll start looking at what I want to do crowdfunding. Again, I have, a, I have two publishers that I want to reach out to just to see if they would mm -hmm. be interested in just taking it and, you know, running with it or even helping with the Kickstarter, if those don't go well, and, you know, I'm guessing it's like 80, 20, they won't, then it'll go to crowdfunding. It's just a matter of when will it be this year or early next year, that kind of thing. But very exciting for me. I'm, I'm uh, just giddy with excitement. I mean, I want it done now, now, now. I'm not very patient. I'm trying to be with Tracy because they don't need me, me bugging too. the crap out of them all the time. But like, I'm so excited, like kid at Christmas, I just want it to be done um, and also part of my OCD and ADHD type stuff is that I have a hard time working on something else while this is still like pending. So I haven't done as much with the other games I'm working on. Cause I kind of feel like I got to wait till that one's done before I can move over. But I've done a little bit of work on thief down and out. I've got a second draft of it. Looks a lot better. Had a couple people play test it. it the play test went well. So I'm moving forward on those as well. Just not as fast as I probably should. Awesome. I'm with you. I'm not patient at all. Like I said, at work, I've got to hire some people. I keep asking my boss, how many people do I need to hire? And he's like, I've got a meeting on tomorrow. So this was yesterday. He said, I got a meeting, you know, tomorrow. So at two o'clock today, I texted him, hey, how many people can I hire? He goes, the meeting's not till three. Relax. I'm like, but I, I want to know. Like, Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't want to wait. I don't, I don't like waiting. So uh, about once a week, my boss will smile and laugh at me and say, we're not there yet. Relax. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Ah, but I'm there. I can't <laughs> exactly. the yep. world be there. Yeah. I'm there. You're not there. That's your problem, not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I, try saying that to your wife sometime. Uh, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so with that, we're going to move into our second improv game. And this is Where Have My Fingers Been? And this is a game where we will take turns creating a short scene for one another that we will act out with little finger puppets. Uh, if you get, you know, little froggy you want to add in a third that's on you uh usually these scenes are supposed to have a beginning middle and end i often leave at least one of those out because i think it's funny chris again as the guest tonight would you like to prompt me first or would you like to be prompt first uh i'll go first so fire away so um so you must sing where song. have my fingers been i said where have my fingers been your fingers are arguing over a new economy in a fantasy game so uh i want to start collecting um RPG Academy poker chips. Those are the most valuable things. That's 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 not going to work. You know, 
we only have a limited number of them. So how can that be a basis of the economy? Well, that's my point. There's not a lot of them, so therefore they're worth more. So how are people supposed to get them? Well, I'll just steal them from everybody. But that, but you're a paladin. Not anymore. But fine, roll your die. A twenty, yay! I get them all. I win. And that's where my fingers are back. Capitalism ruins everything, right? <laughs> all righty. All right. So here we go. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh, you have taken a compound that gives you superpowers and you've just discovered them. Right. Like, blimey. You dirty C word. Let's go kill this guy who I've wanted to kill for a very long time for some very complicated reasons. Uh, no. Damn it. Now what? Well, invariably, when you get there, something will happen. Spoilers for the boys, and you will have to switch sides and work with the person that you want to kill. <laughs> Damn it. Well, let's go anyways to see what happens. All right. Hey, I'm naked. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay. That was terrible. I'm so sorry about that. I don't, I don't think uh, New York Tater's here tonight, so I'm not disappointed in him, but I disappointed yeah. everybody else, and I'm as embarrassed as you are. Yeah, All it's right. not like mine was stellar. So, <laughs> so we're going to move into the last section tonight, and this is our cryptozoology. And this is where we take a monster, usually from D&D, but not always. And we talk about if we've used this monster before, maybe brainstorm some new ways that we could use the monster in the future. Uh, tonight, I picked the monster, and we are going to be talking about the Crawling Claw from at least this version is the fifth edition. It's on page 44 of the Monster's Manual, if you want to play along. And basically, it is a hand. Think of, you know, it from the Adams family, maybe a little bit more necromatic uh, in design. Uh, it could have bones coming out of it, but it's just a little hand that walks around and does its master's bidding. The actual lore is that they are the severed hands of murderers animated by dark magic so they can go on killing wizards and warlocks uh, of a dark bent using, excuse me, go on killing wizards and warlocks of a dark bent use them for extra hands for their labor, labors. Um, they cannot be affected by things that command undead. Once they are formed, they will follow the com- person that created them unfailingly. Uh, they are a challenge level zero. Armor class of 12. They only have two hit points. They got immunity to poison and some other things. I've always used these as like mobs. Probably the most famous time I have that I remember using them was in a very effective 4E campaign that I ran. One of, one of the best campaigns I ever ran. Like all of them, it died in the middle. But it was also very dark and very adult. So please, my mm-hmm. apologies. I'm going to spare you some of the details. But my version of this, our players came upon a monastery that was deserted and it became known later that all the people there had been captured and killed. Um, and so there were these baskets around the temple that had flies buzzing around them again, very, very shadow, the demon Lordy type of a setup. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and eventually one of those baskets started to wiggle. They didn't know what was going on. They approached it cautiously. It tipped over and like 50 of these, crawling hands, the 4E version, which I definitely think were minions specifically, the thing that, you know, the damage carries over. They all have one hit point type of thing. And the hands swarmed over the characters. And it was a very disturbing scene, but very effective, even though the combat wasn't 
you know, that complex, the setup for it, the, you know, the exploration of the monastery, the signs that there have been signs of battle, no survivors, you know, blood and that kind of thing. And then the revealing of all these severed limbs um, rolling out of this basket and attacking. Again, it was a great setup. I'll give myself credit. I thought it worked very well, but I don't know that I would run that same campaign these days, but uh, it was fun at the time. Have you ever used Crawling Claw or maybe worked against them as a player or fought against them, I should say? I have used them. Uh, the way I used them, though, was I tied it with a zombie combat. So I kind of threw away the description of what they were and just used the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So what I did is if you hit the zombie and got him down to one or two hit points, he would fall down. But then the next round, his hand would come running at you and start attacking you. Mm -hmm. So the idea is he wasn't completely dead. So then you had to fight off all the little hands and uh, different things i was trying to kind of set up the idea of you you, you know they're really difficult to defeat there's a video game baldur's gate dark alliance there's <laughs> two of them and that is something that happens in that game whenever you fight zombies it's not every zombie but some of the zombies you kill their hands then trigger and become a secondary enemy that you have to fight so i don't know if you stole that from them they stole it from you but it's definitely an effective thing because it's not something you normally see in like a DD game where you basically almost like a boss stage in a way it's like oh we got zombies mm -hmm. okay it's dead it's dead but now part of it reanimates that can be very shocking and an unusual and exciting encounter that first time it happens and then it becomes the well now we have to be cautious every time because we can't just turn our back thinking we've killed these zombies and fight the other thing because then the hands might get us yeah I i've actually played those games it's the games came out after I did it, but the way I did it and the way I described it, the players really liked because, of, oh, you're fighting the zombies and all of a sudden there's something on your chest and it leaps up and grabs your face. Now the player had to deal with this hand on them. And mm -hmm. they said it was, you know, the players were like, oh, that would really freak me out in real life. I'm like, well, I mean, I think a zombie would freak me out too. Yeah. But um, it, it worked well. The players really liked it. I, I it was one of the times I actually kind of patted myself on the back. I was like, yeah, that was kind of a cool idea. You know, I wish more people would do little things like that, but um, that's the only time I've ever used them. I don't think I've ever fought against them. Mm. Um, I remember reading a module long time ago where they had something like a creeping hand, but you didn't have to fight it. It could do like taps and sign language basically. And you had to solve a riddle with it. Mm. Which I thought was kind of a, a neat idea. Um, I didn't have any players that liked that kind of stuff, so I never actually got to use it. They weren't really into puzzles. They, at that time, they just wanted to go through the module, kill things, collect treasure. Right. One of the reasons why I've never run modules because that's not my thing. I'd prefer to role play. So I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Now, Dirty Habanero says in V Rising, zombies always get back up. Not familiar with that game though. Me neither. Double tap. That's the lesson learned there. So if you were to use these today, any idea of an interesting or unique way that you could incorporate them in a game? I think it'd be fun to have, I don't know. Uh, of course, I like Shadow of the Demon Lord, so there's a lot of things you could do with them. Uh, you could have them, you know, the characters are near a cemetery and hands start running out and attacking them. Or it'd be kind of fun to have them at a funeral. And all of a sudden a hand pops up out of the casket and they have to decide, you know, what am I going to do? Is that mm -hmm. my friend's hand? Is that a bad thing? Like what's going on? That could be a neat little plot hook. 
you know, that that's the type of creature that doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of health, but has to lead to something else. Right, a good right, yeah. plot hook. That's kind of how I see these creatures. They're not so much that powerful as it's more of a plot hook. And what am I going to do to make the characters want to investigate this mystery somewhat? What are your thoughts on huh? what else could you use them for? They're terrible. My apologies again. This this is not going well. But I see a paper rock scissors tournament where like that's how you have to defeat one of these is you have to actually outplay it paper rock scissors because because that would be very silly. Yeah. Uh, and then the twisted version of that is there's like an undefeated monk master who's never lost paper, rock, scissors. And the heroes have to go and find this person because they need their expertise only to find that when they've arrived, that this person has been murdered. And so they take their arm and graft it into their own so that hmm. they will have the power. And so they take the monk's arm attached to their own sort of like along the lines of the, that movie. Like there's a, there's a movie where somebody gets replacement hands and it was the hands of a killer and they didn't know it. And then the hands started killing people, that sort of thing about hmm. uh, you. So you have a hand and it turns out the monk that you got wasn't the paper, rock, scissors monk. It was the killing monk. And then, so you have a whole thing going like that. Those are probably terrible ideas, but I definitely with the kids, like if I were to play something with the kids, I think the hmm. paper, rock, scissors thing would be uh, a lot of fun. And definitely more sort of Adam's family with um, the um, the hands. Like if they were to, I think this is also um, the Evil Dead one or two. So like you know a lot yes. of like slapsticky three stooges, you know, you know, slapping each other, going up the nose. So not like trying to claw your eyes out, but being more of like a nuisance. That could right. be a fun way to use a bunch of hands that's not overly like disgusting. You could also almost use them like a little swarm of spiders, just change the description more to the hands. So they, you know, they come running up, you know, through the room and all of a sudden they're just swarmed with all these hands. That'd be kind of freaky actually in real life. If you described it right, you could kind of freak out a character a little bit. So apparently I said paper, rock, scissors instead of rock, paper, scissors. And now Tom is no longer part of the RPG Academy. Sorry, Tom. Didn't know there was a difference. I, I guess apparently it's rock, paper, scissors. It's not paper, rock, scissors. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah. I, I agree that actually, like, I think rock, paper, scissors is the way I normally would say it. I don't know why I didn't hear, but it also doesn't sound wrong to me when I say it, paper, rock, scissors. It seems like, you know. I didn't catch I guess it. technically rock beats paper, paper. No, scissors beats no. paper. Rock, paper, scissors. So it doesn't go in the order. Paper rock. Yeah. See, paper rock scissors is right because pepper covers rock. Rock beats scissors. Beats, so it should be paper yeah. rock scissors. Boom, lawyered. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Tom. You're back in. That's right. All right. So as always, we'll throw it out to the audience. Um, anybody who has used crawling claws or maybe had them used against you or any sort of like this, like separated body parts that attack you doesn't be crawling claws necessarily. Um, let us know. I'd love to hear from you about what, what you have going on. And um, we are going to do the audience Q&A. There's several people chatting. So if there are anyone nice. who would like to ask a question of uh, Chris and I, we'd love to hear it. While we're waiting for that to possibly cycle back around, because uh, I know there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, Chris, where can people find you on the Internet between now and next time we're together? Uh, Twitter, Berlu underscore Chris. It's pretty much the only place to find me. Or on uh, the RPG Academy Discord. I do read that out every day. I don't always post something, but I do read just about everything people write. All righty. Uh, apparently, everyone dis everyone's arguing that it is paper, rock, scissors, and I'm wrong, <laughs> but I 
refuse to give up because no, it is rock, <laughs> it's paper, rock, scissors. Ha ha, deal with it. Uh, so you can find me at the RPG Academy. Everything I do pretty much be found there. I do have the, um, the Farm to Fable, the Smallville show. I recorded a wonderful episode today. One of my favorite episodes of the season. I had a wonderful guest. We had a great conversation. So I'm in the middle of editing it, editing it now. It's going to be a great episode when it comes out. Um, it's always a good time. The last sample adventure that we recorded was Fantasy Age. And uh, I'm working on the audio-only version of it. So it's currently still on Twitch. You can watch it for like another seven or eight days. And then the audio-only version will be when I get to it. We are currently releasing the Temples and Tombs uh, sample adventure, which, again, a friend of the show, Mo Poplar, went and added audio sound effects. And it sounds really cool. <laughs> so I, I don't have time to do that anymore. But, you know, I know Kaylee does that for you for the Star Wars mm-hmm. game. So similar to that, we've got like Indiana Jones type sound effects for this, you know, temple that we're investigating or whatever. So that's really cool. Uh, the Alien one should be coming out pretty soon. That's the next one I have to edit. And then um, the next one we're going to play, Beam Saber, was supposed to be yesterday or Monday, but cancellation schedule changed. So I think they're going to reschedule that one for next Monday. And then after that, I'm not sure yet. We've got several that are close. I think 13th Age could go anytime. Monster of the Week could go anytime. There's a couple others that are floating around. So we'll have something soon. Probably, I think Forbidden Lands is top of the list. Uh, DCC is near the top of the list. So again, as long as I get at least one a month, I'm happy. But if we can get two or three, that would be great as well. Nice. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm going to Gen Con this year. I will be there um, for the full weekend. So going up Wednesday, staying through Sunday. Uh, I think Michael from um, Redemption is going to be able to, I don't think he's going to join us because he actually ended up getting a hotel through a, like a, he's, he's helping someone at the show, but he will be there as well as a lot of the regular RPG Academy people. So if you're going to be there, Dirty Hair Monero, hopefully we can hook up, maybe have lunch, play a game together. I will be on a scout trip that week. So ah. my last big one, I think. And then I get to, uh, well, not get to, I'm, I'm going to probably in the next year step down from Scoutmaster and kind of phase out of it now that Quentin's done. Yeah. But, I can see it's a big commitment. It's a lot to do. And certainly while your son's there, I can understand it. But after yeah. that, despite I'm sure the affection you have for the other kids as well, that's just so mm-hmm. much time of your life that you could be doing other things. Yeah. Twice a week normally. And then once a month, do some sort of camp out. And then a couple of times a year, do a couple of big ones. Yeah. It, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And uh, what are you going to miss the most out of it when you don't do it anymore? I enjoy watching the kids make or achieve their goals. And when I say that, I understand my philosophy as a scout master is I sit down with each kid and go, what do you want to get out of scouts? Some kids go, I just want to hang out with my friends and have a good time. Perfect. I'm not going to push you to get to Eagle Scout, but if other kids say, I want to get to Eagle Scout, then cool. Let me, let me help you get there. So watching the kids just, you know, if their goal is just to meet new people and have fun. I like watching that. If a kid earns a new merit badge, he's been working on, I I enjoy watching that. You know, there's other adults involved. So sometimes that gets more frustrating than it should be, but yeah, I'll, I'll miss that. But I've made so many great friends from it that I'll still be hanging out with a lot of those adults um, it's nice that a lot of the kids that i mentored for the last six years are now 18 19 they're starting to become adults so they're starting to take over some things um, it's also nice to hang out with them and not have to necessarily monitor all of your thoughts it's okay now, now that you're an adult i can make an adult joke and yeah it's not quite as inappropriate and you know, a couple of them become little hunting buddies with me and 
you know, we have a good time with that. Again, when I say hunting, I get to watch them hunt while I pretty much just carry gear yeah, um, or shoot a tree. I did that last year. That was great. Hey, there's a duck. Bam. That tree got in the way. Damn him. <laughs> I know but, that feeling. I you know, have not hunted in a very long time, but but I went with my dad. That was basically what he did. I, I was hunting. He was walking and carrying stuff. But yeah, I think that's the role of the, oh. the parental figure in that situation. So. Yeah, that's the stuff I'll miss with scouting. I mean, the things I won't are, you know, the November campouts when they decide mm-hmm. they want to go camp out and it's snowing or freezing rain here in Michigan. Or, I mean, we've been in October campouts that it's been 80 degrees. November is usually miserable. Yeah. So I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss watching disorganization in a way because mm-hmm. our troop is very much the boys lead everything. So as an adult, sometimes it's hard to sit back and watch the chaos when you're like, wow, this project took us four hours to do. It should have taken us half an hour. But that's part of their learning process is you sit down afterwards and go, okay, what could you have done better? So I'll miss that a little bit, but I won't miss the time commitment. Understandable. Well, thank you as always for hanging out with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully next time we'll have a guest again. We we try every time, but sometimes it's easier than others. Other people, you know, have, uh, have commitments as well. But if you know someone who would be a good guest or you yourself want to be a guest, let me know. We we have a pretty much open door policy. Uh, Just about anybody can get on as long as you know, you're not like a a moron. Uh, (laughs) You have a lot of stupid stuff on your Twitter feed or something, because I don't do a lot of research, but at least look at that before I say yes. Um, A Catacon Kickstarter goes live on August 9th. All of our posters say August 16th. We did move it up a week because there's another convention local and we're trying to play nice with each other and try not to step in each other's shoes when it comes to fundraising. So I agreed to move ours up a week. I figure then it's still going on when the 16th Mm -hmm. goes around. So people still think it's the 16th. They won't miss it. Where if I push it the other way, they may miss it and wonder what's going on. Uh, So yeah, August 9th, Kickstarter goes live. Our dates are still 4th, 5th, and 6th in November. Still planning on having it. Uh, we have the second faculty retreat going to be in September. So if um, if you are a patron or a former VIP, or if you're just local to Dayton, let me know. Um, and there's a good chance we can get you in to play some games with us in September. I think the, the weekend of the 23rd, is that the one we're doing that? Well, I'd have to consult my calendar. I think it's the 23rd. I think that's the weekend we're going for. So, okay. I'll, I'll Morons that. are allowed. I'm talking like neo-Nazis and you know, yes. those types of people. I don't want those people on the show. But morons, I mean, morons aren't allowed. I'm not allowed either. Um, so, yeah, so Targus, you're still safe. It's the 16th. Right, 16th. Yes. All right. So I, we'll figure again, morons again, Anyways. we'll figure out the dates again. Uh, if you're a patron or a VIP, you probably already have that, but we're going to meet in Oxford. There's a place up there that Rocky has found that we can get very cheap for the entire weekend, play some games, hang out again. And hopefully some of the more local people that didn't get to go to the one in Michigan last time we'll get to go to this one. So that's the plan anyway. So, uh, as always, thank you everybody for hanging out super much. Appreciate it. And, uh, Hopefully we'll see you next time. So bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. 
If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.